What's up guys, this is Harry Tubman and I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's been listening over the past 41 episodes. Um, As we enter into volume 42, um, we just wanted to let you know that if you go to the Apple Podcast app um, and click on the featured collection Black History Month 2021, if you scroll down to the Fresh Voices section, Tales from the Plantation is right there, yazar! Thank you so much to you guys, it wouldn't be possible without you listeners and you know, your feedback and um, your constant support. So, you know, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you. It's an honour to be alongside like Prest and Dame Baptiste and Mo Gilligan, Black Scott Pod and She's in a Pod and all these other guys who are doing great work. So once again, thank you and enjoy this episode of Tales from the Plantation, Volume 42. Okay, Tales on the Plantation, volume 43, I think. <laughs> Wait, let me do that again. You know when you've got one job, like one <laughs> actual job? No, no, no. Intro, tell us the number. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. Hold on, stop, 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 stop. No, I'm losing, no, it's 42. Drat, okay. Absolutely. Well, shush, 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 let me do it again, let me do the. let me do it again. Tales from the Plantation, volume 42. Uh, we're back with a bang. We've been out for maybe two, three months. Um, but yeah, we are back and in effect. I'm your host, Harry Tubman, leading you to freedom. We also have with us. Hi, it's your girl, Buttons. I don't lead anybody to freedom and you can't find me on any socials. And now this is coming across really hostile, but... Yeah, it was completely hostile. I don't care. Completely unnecessary, but thanks for that. I'm a the reason you're, the reason you're not on socials is because you can't lead anyone to freedom because you don't have the capacity. Next. I don't want any evidence. <laughs> no face, no case. No, no face, no case. And we also have... Wow. I just... Buttons. You're on mute. Hold on, I'm here, I'm here. Wow. We have... Nezzy, the one, the only, the fave, the special, the anointed, Nezzy. The annoying, You can yes, find correct. me on zero socials. Great. Thank I mean, actually, you. you can find me on some places, but I don't really want you to. This is the big, this is probably, I don't you, guys are probably you guys are probably thinking, anymore. so you've been out for two months and this is what you've, this is what it's come to. I'm sorry, guys. I'm just carrying the show by myself. Anyway, you can find us on Instagram Guess at Tales from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tells, Facebook Tells from the Plantation, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you can get good podcasts. Hashtag Tells from the Plantation to continue the conversation and email us at Tells from the Plantation at gmail.com. So lots of things have been happening since we've been away. Um, but this week, one good thing that did happen was a certain R&B pervert finally, um, after 20 odd years, got his um, comeuppance and he is found guilty of all counts um, of 
federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Obviously, we're talking about R. Robert Kelly. Um, and he faces life in prison. Uh, and so obviously the allegations go back to 1994 when he married Aaliyah. When, he was when she was 15, he was 27. So obviously from that, he should have been in jail. But, pff, and then the charges just racked up. Obviously, we know Peter and the girl, um, all sorts of things. And now finally, um, years later, he's finally got his comeuppance. But how do we all feel about that? How do we all feel about the, the verdict? I mean, personally, I was a bit relieved, but I celebrated the only way I know how, which is to rewatch clips from the interview he did with Gail King, which has got to be one of the funniest interviews of all time. Like, the guy is actually a clown. Robert. Robert. <laughs> I don't know why I put made a Jamaican. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> like... No, it's, it's, it's actually a travesty that it's taken this long to um, for his victims to get justice. What I would say, the only thing that made me feel a bit awkward was in terms of the media cover coverage, the general narrative, um, I just feel like they were so quick to and we see this all the time, but they were just so quick to be like, yes, justice for the black women from this black man. <laughs> and I'm just like, right. oh, this is like, I see what you're doing. And it's not, I can't quite call you out about it because that feels like. But it's a bit somehow. It, yeah. Bit somehow. It doesn't sit right. You know, that, that whole, because we all know the agenda. That didn't sit right. But I absolutely don't want to take away from the victims getting justice. Like, that is absolutely 100% uh, necessary. The guy deserves to be in prison. I don't even yep. need to speculate on what his experience would be like in there. But that is, as my grandparents would say, I feel in business that. Because me, I'm good. <laughs> Over here, we're good. Boy, it's mad. So actually, one of the lawyers said, I've been practicing law for 47 years. During this time, I've pursued many sexual predators who have committed crimes against women and children. Of all the predators that I've pursued, Mr. Kelly is the worst. So, there you go. Nezi, what are your thoughts? Um, I wouldn't even say, would I say I'm happy? I think, I'm, I guess it's satisfying to see that he's finally been brought to justice, but it's still just like a sad situation. It's, it, as in, it just makes me feel sad when I think about Aaliyah. I think something else, came, like there's some more evidence coming out about some of the stuff that he did to Aaliyah and stuff. And it's just like, it makes me really sad, but also quite disgusted that he was able to get away with it for so long. Um, but one thing R. Kelly has said is that now that he's, I mean, he hinted at the fact that basically he's going to take some other people down with him. As soon as he's yeah, going to jail for life, there's other people in the industry. And I was like, oh, spill the tea, because <laughs> I'm so sure he's not the only one. Like, I'm so yeah, sure there's more people who are involved. There has to be enablers around him. And yeah. they absolutely deserve to be brought to justice. So, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, let me just boil the kettle, because the tea is piping hot, get the biscuits ready. <laughs> yeah because I feel like he's definitely gonna I think there's more people to be exposed um, and I'm wondering if it's going to be some of our faves like 
I honestly think who did I hear? Like, I don't want to speculate on names, but I'm but. sure we've heard. There's, you know, I've heard things in the wind about people. But not to speculate, but let's speculate. Um, oh, I've heard things about, you know, like Jay Z. Not, not like him being like a paedophile, <gasps> but just about. Not Uncle. You know, Jenna. just about. Man said Uncle. Yeah. Jim, you know. <laughs> not about him being paedophile, but just about stuff as in like just a kind of slightly shady behavior with women. And I think we all know like a lot of our faves in the industry have a history of not being a hundred percent above board when it comes to their behavior when it, um, with women. So I'm uh, I'm hoping this will be a start of actually like just more transparency and more women feeling that they're able to come forward and that there there might actually be some justice for them because I think a lot of it before was that there was actually no point even saying your story because what was going to come of it. Like there were too many people protecting him and, you know, too many people who, who supported him that it just felt like it was a bit pointless. Um, so I'm hoping this starts off like a ripple effect in terms of other people. Um, so what, you know, um, Button said about the media, I think I've just come to accept that there's a certain glee that white people have when it comes to taking down the black man. And I can't let that distract from the fact that those particular black men do need to be taken down. But yeah, it, as always, there's just a, there's just a certain mirth with, with which they do it, which doesn't sit right with me, and I can't even put my finger on it. It's just you just get a certain sense of joy that that comes from them when they take down the black man, and it is what it is. It's it's literally that. Like I listen through clenched teeth because I can see the little twinkle in your eye as you report <laughs> this story. Emphasis on the black man. Like I just cannot with you lot, but. Nezzy's right, like, we can't let that irk um, distract from the actual main headline, which is that victims finally received the justice they deserve. Um, I've got a question to the rest of you guys, though. And this has been, uh, like, it's an age-old, age-old question. Like, I'm not a genius, I've not invented this. (laughs) Does this, had you guys already, like, cancelled listening to r kelly songs or does this verdict now change that because i know a few people a small handful of distant acquaintances i might add (laughs) (laughs) he's talking about himself no 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 i but i don't i don't listen i don't listen to any r kelly song about my shadow but what i will say is that obviously he had such a large effect on um, the music industry, music that I love, he gets still gets writing credits for, and I've not cancelled all everything that he's touched. I've just cancelled his direct songs, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm now like, damn! If I if I take out everything he's touched, will I have anything left? And is that really is that like, bad to like think? Me? I don't know. Am I am I going to be cancelled for saying this? Oh damn it! No, I mean I. Personally, I cancelled him from like when all those, and so I think the bad, like the bad thing, which I realised was like really from the P thing. That's can we should have. I mean, from Aaliyah, we should have, but most of us weren't born. But like at least from the P thing, we should have cancelled him. But I guess age and stuff. Um, but like now, yeah, as soon as the whole mute R Kelly thing came around and I heard all the stuff, I was like, cool, he's done. Like I don't listen to anything. I think the only thing I did do, so like the other day, I was listening to Lean On Me, the Kurt Franklin song. And I was like, oh, flip's sake, he's on the minute, but on the first verse. But at the same time, I'm like, 
that song is great and it feels it feels annoying to like have to chuck out a song that's like really great and other people have put loads of great work into it it's just that he is a terrible person so, so I've cancelled him but yeah so basically you're happy to put money on his prison paycheck because you like <laughs> no, the song no 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 but the thing <laughs> is I don't my thing is like I just don't, yeah, I don't listen to R. Kelly's music. But at the same time, you have to remember, in order to cancel R. Kelly, is a, in order to stop him getting any sort of payment, that's that's difficult. Not that you, because listen to his songs is one thing, but all the songs that he's written for, he's written for a lot of people, he's done a lot of things. So you do have to be, you'd have to be very judicious with all of that stuff. Um, having said that, I'm like, I don't have a problem canceling him, I don't have a problem canceling his associates or any... Any people like people like ah oh, well what if one of your faves is da 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 will you cancel them I'm like sure uh, for me principle <laughs> reigns over like there's so much great music out there I don't need to listen to him so it's not like I even have a problem cancelling Lean on Me I just listen to it once for reminisce purpose but I don't like I don't really have an issue cancelling him it's yeah. like bro there's great music out there he's not the only one that made it I'm cool I just um, I think for me. I can't listen to, R- I don't really want to listen to a full track of R. Kelly because it feels weird and it feels like disrespectful to the victims to me to just like listen to him at the moment. It feels like that. But having said that, like, I don't know, like, I believe I Can Fly is a great song. Do I feel like we should cancel that song forever because R. Kelly wrote it? <sighs> I don't know. Like, I find it really difficult because... I, it, but doesn't it change the like the meaning of it for you? Do you know what I mean? Like because before, okay, so take I believe I can fly, I believe I can touch the sky. I'm like, yeah, it, it's empowering. It may it tell teaches young black kids about, you know, that they should be fearless, they should go forth and do whatever they want to do, and you can achieve all your dreams. And now I'm like, or oh, does it just mean that you are above the system and can do anything you like to kids, women, boys, girls? Oh, I didn't feel like that. Wow. I feel like I feel like <laughs> that's AJ's a, that's a like, hotep conspiracy, right? That is no. Like, I'm sorry to get a bit hotep on it, yeah, but sometimes you need to because, like, Loki, what what are you actually saying here? I feel like it, so, so songs like AJ, nothing but a number that he wrote. I think he wrote that for Alita. I can't listen to that song. I'm sorry. I just I can't because to me that is okay. Directly saying, I don't care that you're underage. I'm essentially going to assault you. And so I can't listen to that song. However, do I listen to other earlier songs that R. Kelly probably wrote? I do. Do I listen? Will I listen to like Remix to Ignition or like an R. Kelly song? I wouldn't. Um, I think I've been thinking a lot recently about this whole kind of thing about cancelling people and like how do we engage with art that's created by somebody who we know is a terrible person? And I don't think there's, I don't think there's a blanket answer for everyone I think you know it's a spectrum so for example I love Enid Blyton books she is a racist or she was a racist the dog in the books was originally called like nigger (laughs) is a problem (laughs) but like I love Famous Five and I'm probably going to read Famous Five to my kids and I'm probably going to read Secret Seven do you know what I mean so so you will willingly subject your (laughs) to the voice of the messer (laughs) <laughs> I feel like Dr. Umar would have a problem with this but at the end of the day I love but I feel like that's not the same as a paedophile do you see what I mean 
And so there's this, there's this spectrum of like terrible things. And I feel like paedophilia is on a spectrum that's like really foul and vile to me. So I'm not going to be introducing my kids to R. Kelly's music. But then having said that, we play Michael Jackson, so. And this is the thing. Also, when I literally argued strongly against listening to any R. Kelly songs, I was hit back with, but you listen to Michael Jackson. And, <laughs> you know, you know, when you start an argument and you you realise that you haven't got a leg to stand on. And I was yeah. just like, he, he wasn't convicted. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like I don't even believe the words coming out of my mouth but here we are <laughs> I've chosen I this I mean, people will argue people will say that you know Michael Jackson wasn't convicted and we're not sure I feel like we all know deep down that regardless of how much you love MJ's music something you know there was something There's going something on. Like, he just tapped. Like, I think he's... Yeah. If, you don't, yeah, if he's I mean, not pedophile, cool. He might, he's pedophile adjacent. Or he's... Adjacent. He's... He's inappropriate. He's too familiar with kids. Like, that's just... Regardless of whether you think he was this or that, you can't deny that he was over-familiar with kids. That's not... Like, the way he was yeah. with kids wasn't correct. It wasn't so. okay. It just wasn't. And I feel like we need to just accept that and it is what it is. Um, but, yeah... There's a, spe- there's a spectrum of things and I feel like R. Kelly is on the spectrum of, yeah, it's a bit yikes. You can't, you just can't play Step in the Name of Love at your wedding anymore. I just, you can't. No, it's not, it's not, it's not okay. Well, that's, um, uh, Kel's, uh, I guess other things that have been going on, um, if we look a bit closer to home, um, I guess first off, RIP to, uh, Sabina Nessa, um, just a truly awful story. If you don't know mm. who Sabina is, um, she's a teacher that got unfortunately murdered as she was on her way to from like Kidbrook, going to meet a friend at a bar or a like a place to eat or something like a cafe. Um, she yeah she got murdered unfortunately, um, and I think someone's been arrested and charged from what I remember, um, but. Yeah, that story kind of broke. And obviously the media um, or the attention wasn't the same. So thankfully a lot of um, black women and other women of colour kind of like took up the mantle. And, you know, there's now like a lot more media sort of media attention on her. Um, And so, yeah, she was apparently killed with a two foot long weapon in an act of um, extreme violence. But it kind of, that case plus the Sarah Everard case is kind of, come back into the into the spotlight um and after Sabina uh, or after the trial that went down with Sarah Everard because Wayne Cousins just got convicted and got given a whole life sentence um the feds came out and gave us some advice um and (laughs) that advice was I mean what did you guys think of what did you guys think of the police's advice if someone wants to take it like what was what was their advice what do you think the thing is, the thing is, I just find it weird that you would now advise us to do something that we've been trying to do for so long. Because you see police, you run, then all of a sudden they arrest you and you're a drug, you're a drug trafficker or you were, you know, you match the description of a, of a uh, criminal that was running in the area. These times there's no such thing. Like, it's just, 
highly do, do you know what it screams it screams caucasity caucasity so just yeah. to, just in case you didn't know anyone caucasity um, the met said it's unusual for a single plainclothes police officer to engage with any member of the public it adds that if you don't see other officers arrive later then you can expect to ask alone officer questions such as where are your colleagues and why are you here however if you think you are in imminent danger then you should seek assistance by shouting out to a passerby, running into a house, knocking on a door, waving a bus <laughs> down, or if you are in the position to do so, calling 999. Sorry. So their the advice, <laughs> their you, advice for... You, um, get, you, get, you get stopped by a single police officer. You're advising me to break and enter. <laughs> yeah, break, and, break and enter a bus um, or call the, call the police about the police um, is their advice. So... I, so my thoughts on this actually was they're inadvertently arguing, they're inadvertently making the point for abolitionists very easily. Because if you if the police have to be policed by citizens, what's their point? What's the, what is the point of the police? <laughs> if they can't be trusted, then there's, no, there's literally no point in them. They can, they can cease to exist. No. Well, more importantly, is the important fact that, that these people who are police in London clearly have not ever travelled on the buses in London before. Because if you really think that Uncle Winston, who drives the bus, is stopping for me, flagging down the bus <laughs> in the middle of the street, you obviously don't know anything about TFL. Like, <laughs> have you run for a bus before and not seen them wait for you to get almost to the point of the bus stop and, and then drive off? And they drive off. Like, they actually, like... Part of bus driving's joy in their day, some of them, is watching you struggle, <laughs> come like you saying oh. bolt running for the bus. And then as soon as you get to the bus stop, the kids are going off. And you think these same people are going to stop in the middle of, in, in between bus stops for me because I flagged them down. No, it's actually... I, I just... I can't... I can't. It's actually mad. But, it's just okay. crazy. And also, also the fact that... <laughs> They basically admitted we cannot guarantee that our police officers, when we when we we can't guarantee that police officers are going to be above board enough that you can be safe with one of them by yourself. And number two, that the fact that they refused to actually kind of say Wayne Cousins was a serving police officer. They kept calling him a former police officer. Yeah, he was a serving officer at the time. He was not a former at the time. At the time when the crime was committed, he was a police officer. Like, he was getting paid. He even got paid after he was arrested. So this is not a thing of, this is somebody who was kicked out of the police force and has done this. This is somebody who was actually, like, a fully serving police officer at the time. So the two things, I think, the point about him being a serving police officer is actually so pertinent because they're really trying to rewrite the narrative and it's not that. The thing, and in addition to that, when they say, oh, if they're not with a colleague, I'm sorry, was it not his same colleagues who nicknamed him, like, the rapist or something? The how rapist. You, how do, you know, you... do you know the colleagues that are in the WhatsApp group with him are still serving <laughs> officers right now? Literally. So these are, so you want him to be with one of them. As far as I can see, they are words cut from the same cloth. Like, you guys are pally pally. There's, I do not have a single friend that I would nickname the racist. The rapist, sorry. All the racist, all the racist, all the racist. Yeah. A Freudian, but I stand by it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, we just call him the Holocaust denier. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what? I don't, I don't have friends like that because that is not my vibe. That is not my bag. 
You know what I nicknamed my friends? The rich and the richer. That's what I call my friends <laughs> because I wish nothing but abundance. <laughs> that is mad. It's just, and it's the fact that also this isn't... Um, at what point... So, okay, this is one thing that I said um, in my Instagram stories. Um, that I would never date a police officer, um, which was kind of Amen. awkward because one of my good friends is actually dating a police officer and he seems very nice. But the point is, for me personally, I said I wouldn't date a police officer because for me, the the actual job in itself is giving me red flags. Like, forget just the actual, like, you okay, this is the fact that you you have a job in which you're required to essentially like chase after people, arrest them and probably use quite a lot of aggression, like at various points. And I know there's good people. I like, I know some people are like, ACAB, all cop- cops are bad. I know there's people who, who go into the force with good intentions and whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, part of the problem with policing is that you recruit from a certain demographic like the type of people who are more likely to become police officers and become and also join this, like the armed forces, clearly you have to be a certain type of person to feel comfortable doing certain types of things and feel I, like your personality jives with that. Yeah, and I, that's what concerns me. I agree in that I wouldn't date a police officer. I think it's for me, it's the it's the characteristics that you need to thrive in that environment that I find off-putting and those characteristics can manifest in other um job forms as well um but yeah it's it's a it's a big no-go for me but um one thing that I have found really interesting this week um and I'm keen to get you guys thoughts on it so I've had um people at work obviously not of my same skin tone um saying that obviously based on the conversation and all the information going around um about these um these two cases in particular they now brand new feeling um they now have a feeling of being uncomfortable around the police and they're finding it really hard to contend with that and to deal with that um now obviously being a black woman i have never felt comfortable with the police because i see what the police do to my friends my family how they're treated um and also how i've been treated by the police like it's it is not been great experiences all around so i feel like i've always had a level of discomfort when it comes to the police So now I'm faced with, you know, this conversation of people discussing, multiple people discussing how they now feel unsafe around the police. And I do think it's that um, reaction. Uh, Some might call it white women's tears. Others may call it something else. I don't know what they would call it. But that outcry and that feeling of that group being uncomfortable is what led to the quote-unquote advice that was issued and I don't I I had I had such a mixed reaction in that conversation that I just stayed silent and was like "Mm, interesting (laughs) I would not have said I would have said I hope no one at work tries to have this conversation with me because I'd be like I don't feel sorry for white women because at the end of the day 
black people have been saying this for ages and the fact that you didn't believe us just shows it tells me everything which is why feminism is not something that I like white feminism is not something that I subscribe to because white feminism is literally about white women replacing white men in the power structure it's got nothing to do with them really being for more equal society they've demonstrated time and time again that white feminism is literally about protecting white women and then being able to replace white men or be equal to white men in this current power structure and I'm not interested in just switching around the genders of my oppressors like so what <laughs> instead of it like instead of it being Tim it's now Becky like who I'm having to report to HR it makes no difference to me do you know what I mean so I feel like this is just very this is very typical white women behavior it didn't surprise me it's literally what they've been doing for them like I, I, it's so completely unsurprising to me that white women did not care about police brutality <clears throat> until it was inflicted against them. Yeah. It's unsurprising I, to me. It's just part of the course. It's how they are. And I'm not really trying to hear anything from them, to be honest. I'm just, I'm like, whatever. Like, now you know how it feels. The, the thing is, I don't feel like this will create, I don't feel like this will create any, I don't know if it will create any meaningful change in, course it in won't. terms of how because I don't feel like, again, because I feel like if your goal is just to replace white men in the power structure, then your goal is not really an overturning of the structures that we currently have that contribute to this environment. Like, if, you're, if, you're, if your thing is, oh, the police need to basically protect white women more, you're fundamentally not looking at the problem with policing as a whole, like the entire structure of everything, which, like, policing is part of that. And I'm not... Yeah, I'm not interested in conversations. It's just like, oh, police and protect white women. Yeah, no, I would, I would 100% agree with that. I think that you can see that the, for me, the conversation and the reaction from the police was quite, um, very much directed at a specific sector of society because to advise a ethnic minority to run from the police is to advise them to be shot on sight or to be arrested, or to be incriminated for crimes that they probably haven't committed. Like, that advice was very specific and is not something that I could apply to my life ever. Even it's if- very specifically for middle-class white women. It's not even really for working class. It's specifically for middle-class white women. Yeah, because absolutely they- nobody else is getting away with saying to an officer, actually I don't want to talk to you right now and I need your ID and what's your badge number and blah 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 like literally nobody else is getting away with that even I am not getting as a middle class quote-unquote black woman I'm not getting away with that there's no way that I would feel comfortable like having some kind of I've had interactions with police officers at work in which I've spoken up against something they've done but that's because in a work situation I'm in a position of power and they I'm surrounded one by other white colleagues who could back me up and two that hierarchy is is slightly different but outside of work they don't know who I am so I have none of that power behind me and there's no way that I would feel comfortable challenging a white officer one-on-one and not being scared that he would assault me put me in a police car rape me or or worse so it's just ridiculous to try and act like that advice is applicable to and also the fact that actually the, the vast majority of people who are um, unfairly policed and heavily policed are ethnic minorities, especially in London. So, like, we're disproportionately stopped and searched and all that kind of stuff. How many white middle class women are having regular interactions with the police anyway? Literally. It's been funny, but like, is, you know, 
it's our pip for an image and you know walking down the street and having someone stop them and say you fit the bill for the description of this person like yeah. it's not even their reality like the Sarah Everard case was horrendous and awful but actually like most white middle class white women are not having regular interactions with the police which is actually why she probably trusted him in the first place because for white middle class women the idea that a police officer is going to do something to them nefarious is like weird for them like why would they yeah. do, why would they think that they would think the police there to protect them whereas actually a black woman in that situation might have from the jump been more suspicious of the entire situation i promise you you will never put your camera on faster than if a police per- if a police officer stops you all of a sudden you literally half a second everything's running everything's on you got your like that is the lived experience of people who live in the areas that I live in. Becky, Imogen, where you that's not your lived experience. If the police walk up to you, if the police walk up to me, I'm going to work, I've got my headphones in, police officer stops me. I've I know 100 percent I've done nothing wrong. I can't just walk away. That is not one of the options that is afforded to somebody of my social background, of my racial, my ethnicity. Or my age. That is just <laughs> that is not an option. So I think I actually think based on the police's um statements to the quote unquote public, um, their handling of this case, how they've tried to um sort of uh alter the narrative of the facts and their lack of taking responsibility is actually quite telling but it's telling for people that were not aware of the problems already. Like I've actually learned nothing new apart from that. You lot are madder than I even thought you would. Cause how are you going to tell me to run like that? <laughs> not even that, but like, I don't even know if they, I wouldn't say that white women weren't aware. I just don't think they gave a damn. That's my basic problem with white women. It's not that they're not aware of things. They just don't care. They honestly don't care unless it affects them. So it, it, you saw the videos, you saw Black Lives Matter, you did your little march for a month, you bought your books that you didn't read and you went back to normal. And now because it's effectively affected you, now you care. Now you want investigations. Now you want Parliament to do this and this and that. Which is why I don't have any respect for it because it's actually not that you didn't know. You knew because Black people have been saying this for literally almost 100 years. Like ever since slavery ended in America, like Black people in America have been heavily policed. Like essentially policing is just... Uh, it is just a continuation of what the slave masters were doing in terms of the job of the police in America, especially post the the end of slavery, and especially in the Deep South. And so the job of the police was essentially to function as overseers and to make sure that black people did not step out of line. Like that was the, the job. And in England, policing ever since like black people have got to this country, like post Windrush era, like policing has always been terrible, and black people have spoken about it ad nauseum for years. So the fact that now you you like you you decide that you really care about it like I have no respect for that like I find it really disgusting and then secondly um I actually take back what I said about the whole like good police officers blah 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 yes I do think there's people that go in there with good intentions but I honestly think the entire um the entire idea behind policing is a problem like the entire the, the power that police officers have is way too much like it's very ridiculous like if we think about who we recruit as police officers in this country police officers come from um the number one demographic that police officers come from um are white working class men it is actually well known that that particular demographic especially in areas like london are more likely to, to you know even research statistics shows 
in terms of things like voting, stuff like that, there is definitely a bent towards a certain type of politic. And for them to be the primary demographic that polices a multicultural area is ridiculous. Like there is that is a recipe for disaster. There's going to be no community cohesion if you do that. Number two, the idea that the police have so much power um, and that also that when they investigate, they essentially investigate themselves is also ridiculous. Like you have an independent police commission or whatever that investigates when they do something wrong. But essentially nobody polices the police. So if the police have all the power and nobody polices the police, the entire like it's never going to be a system that protects and serves the vast majority of people. And that's so obvious. So like I feel like yeah. if you're a police officer and you've gone into that system knowing that unless you're actively trying like to constantly change from within, I feel like you're complicit. That's my thing. You're complicit in the behavior. At some point you have to say either I'm coming out of the system or I'm or I'm going to be very vocal about changing it from the inside or you're complicit in that behaviour. I 100% agree because I think after everything, that all of the conversations, quote, unquote, and quote, unquote, education that was done last year, we called for, what we were calling for was systemic change. So you cannot get into a system and not be vocal about changing it and expect things to change. That's not, that is literally not how change comes about so I don't think I don't think that I think being a good police officer is actually an oxymoron I don't think it's possible to be honest well (laughs) I guess we know what you guys think about police then um but yeah I think uh again RIP to Sarah Everard, Sabina Nessa um, white feminists start listening to black people please um, <laughs> we done told you this for ages um, and yeah we need to at the very least defund the police um, if not abolish it completely moving on uh, have you well, yo I'm not this, saying that just to be clear I'm not saying that saying what just to I'm, I'm not saying to abolish the police I'm just being clear on that that's not what i'm saying yeah yeah i'm no, not I'm, I'm not not saying it but i'm also not saying it i'm not i'm not very not, not very very clear no i think i'm not saying i'm not yeah that's a very <laughs> complex topic but i feel yeah, like it's a very it's a very complex to- topic but i think defunding the police at least um and what people mean by defunding the police it's not just a it's not just a funky statement it's literally just directing resources to um other organizations that could be best placed to help them so for instance instead of just locking up uh sex workers and things like that maybe just redirect funds to people that directly deal with sex workers or with homeless people don't just arrest homeless people or get the police to move them on um let's fund shelters and home like homeless shelters and food banks and places like that that makes more sense that's basically I think we can all places. agree. I, I think, think everyone, everyone can anyone agree. who's not a moron should agree. And if you don't yeah, agree... Yeah, can agree. Then... The police need a lot less power and they need a lot um, and a lot of more funding needs to be re- redirected to things like mental health. Yeah. Um, we definitely don't need, from my perspective, police officers have such a heavy presence in the emergency department, in hospitals. I have seen that go wrong time and time again. We need properly mental health trained professionals to deal with mental health patients. We don't need aggressive officers who are going to escalate situations which is what they often do yeah i actually feel like we should have there should be like a government website that you go on um 
in fact it should be part of hmrc where you can choose what to put your taxes into what? that's how i would do it that does not work <laughs> that does not work suddenly you see like, that would never work that would never imagine work. everybody vote, vote I, for buttons 2022 yeah everyone wow that? <laughs> that is why um, absolutely not work nobody shall be voting for buttons 2022 we do not agree with everyone picking where their taxes go i mean unless it no, was like I a, do agree unless it was like an a team. unless it was like an a i don't know yeah, it could uh, be like, like you've got to like pick a... something from pot A, you've got to pick something from pot B, you've got to pick something from <laughs> That's B. so mad. No, it can't work. It couldn't work. It couldn't work. I, could, I do, I do agree with maybe having like Just a limited share of your taxes. I do, I do agree with maybe having a limited part of your taxes that you, you maybe can have not even a bit more of a say, but maybe even just have like referendums, more referendums. Actually, no, this country's too dumb. No, for but the, 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 yeah, as, it, as, it, as, it, as it, we've it, worked it, out, this country's too dumb. It doesn't deserve it. Yeah. It can't, it couldn't handle it. Yeah, but I really don't trust this country to do stuff like that. This, this country is too stupid for people to make decisions like that. Sorry. Do you know what? At, do you know at which point this week, in fact, I was going to say, do you know the point at which I knew the country was dumb? But no. My realisation this week as to how dumb the country <laughs> is now, and this is, sorry, Harry, I'm slightly taking over the host. No, go on, go on. But segueing into the next topic, right? So I'm watching the news and the reporter is like, okay, we're going to ask three people, um, three, three random people from society, what the cause of the petrol shortage is. And someone said the three answers were, one, the media, Two, Brexit, and three, the people. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> the fact that these are the three multiple choices, <laughs> these are the top answers that you put forward for that question. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, no. you, could, you could you could argue that there's a tiny bit of there's a bit of truth to every single to every single answer. If you can't, if you're not going to put all your cards, all your coins on Brexit. We're of different intellects. And no, 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 okay, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. This is this is what I would oh, say, right? Sorry. So on on the on the first. So let me tell you how it happened for me, right? On the Thursday, I was browsing just BBC, I think, and I saw something like petrol, uh, like a number of petrol stations have had to close. I was like, cool. I saw it. I didn't really think too much of it, but I made a note, meant to note in my mind. I'm going to see my parents on the weekend. Let me get some petrol because I know how these people move in this country. Next thing I know, boom, my dad calls me. He's like, listen, go get some petrol. I was like, cool. Went to get some petrol. There's a tiny bit of a queue. Like I waited for like maybe a minute and got some petrol. The next day, oh my word. We were going to Wolverhampton. And so we were looking, like we were just driving and, and we just saw a queue backed up for like it must have mean we drove five like two three minutes down the road and the queue was as long as that like it was crazy like people were just backed up and from what i hear in london it's still really 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 bad like, yeah terrible in london literally whereas up I'm here going, it's, done, it's done now it's over uh, if i'm going somewhere and i know like say say i want to drive you know um uh blackheath that long road from that goes through uh, wait, what was that place? It goes from like Deptford up Blackheath, that long hill, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, avoid, the one on the, yeah. Avoid that whole road because there's a petrol station at the top. 
Oh and no! Traffic backs down like it backs down. So any road where there's a tra- uh, where there's a petrol station, if it's not a two lane road, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna yeah. work. It's not gonna work. Like so. <laughs> This is the thing, like, I think, so this is, this is what... No, sorry, sorry, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you said there's a little bit of truth in each of the statements. Explain. The reason reason I say that, right, is I don't think it's the... Firstly, I don't think it's the media's fault because they are just reporting what happened. Literally, all they said was a few stations had to shut. And from that, so yeah, maybe the media's not really, because that's what the government said. The government said it's the media's fault. I'm like, the media can't report on a petrol shortage that doesn't exist. It's impossible. <laughs> the, the media can't just be like, oh, the, but I think the what, I think the reason why there's a little bit of it is because you, once people but think that there is, the once people the see in the media thing. there's a petrol shortage, like a, a glimmer of like this petrol shortage, they then go out and buy petrol. So it's kind of the people's fault because even though the government said, listen, guys, just buy normally, there's no petrol shortage, it's fine. But, it's, and that's the, pro- the problem is that people are getting this thing misconstrued. There is not a petrol shortage. There's actually a shortage of drivers and that is completely down to Brexit. <laughs> yeah. Which is annoying. I, uh, <laughs> but people don't get it though. People don't. don't people are putting two and two together. They're not no. putting two and two and making four. They're literally two and two makes two. Like you're just falling short of the facts. Um, so the other thing around the petrol thing, the other thing that made me absolutely howl with laughter and point number two as to why this country is actually overflowing with madness is that people were driving down the motorway to get petrol. Madness. Driving down the motorway to get petrol. (laughs) Now. I said, let me bun out my, bun out my petrol. To receive more petrol. (laughs) You drive 20 miles to get petrol to come home with half a tank. This is, it's it's wild. So this is the thing. And so this brings me on to something that's actually, there's actually a problem. So the lack of HGV drivers, so it's partly due to COVID, but it's mostly due to Brexit. So 25,000 HGV drivers from the EU left during 2020 and didn't return. And there's a shortage of HGV, uh, a shortage of a backlog of 40,000 people waiting to take the HGV tests. And the average age of a truck driver is 57. Young people aren't trying to be truck drivers. These are don't understand it. And this is why this country is so stupid. It's so monumentally stupid. Like they don't understand that like the people in the EU were doing many, some of them were doing jobs that were competitive, but other people were doing jobs that what didn't have as high demand so something like an hgv driver it's long hours it's difficult like it's not the most attractive thing to to a young person that's come out with a degree or just come out of school they don't want to be a truck driver what are they going to do go and do that for yeah so, but the, so even hearing you put it like that i can i can actually see the future right now because i promise you the government is going to do a campaign it's going to be some drill rapper doing rap about how cool it is to be a truck driver i swear it's gonna happen you heard it heady one (laughs) i wasn't thinking it dash man down with an hgv (laughs) dash man down with an hgv (laughs) then i had to go hmp (laughs) put out on my taxes hmrc no i'm joking oh my god 
no, not, not Harry doing his application for the role live on the pod, you know. <laughs> wow. No, no. It's, it's, it's wild. It's really wild. Like, I, I don't... The thing is, and this is what people... I think a lot of us haven't really got where this is going. Like, HGV drivers, people don't really... Like, Everything that we have comes from it. It comes by yeah. HGV. But like, the, 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 joke, the joke is, it's just like people. This, this what really gets me about these um, right wingers is that they love capitalism until they don't love capitalism. Like, if people don't want to be HGV drivers in a capitalist society, the way to get people to be HGV drivers is just to pay them. It's all about supply and demand. If you pay HGV drivers. 80 grand or something like that then you will get lots of people no no but, they, no, but here's, the, here's a joke they are they increased they increased no uh, no they have but they don't have but if, no, but they didn't just not enough just not enough only recently, only recently. Yeah, only recently. yeah because but it's like you you should you should be able to like any government who's smart you predict trends and you're supposed to keep an eye on things if you can see that your hgb like if you know the vast majority of your hgb drivers come from um europe and you're going to do Brexit, and you're going to do a, you want to do a hard Brexit where you ban freedom of movement. Obviously, you have to plan it in advance. Which just actually, to me, this just stresses again how white male mediocrity is so accepted in every every part of society. How can you have a Brexit that we've had? How many years have we been doing this Brexit thing now? Five, five. And years. you couldn't even plan. For the no, fact that, guys, okay, look at, let's look at all the people, look, let's look at our workers. Let's see how many of these workers come from certain countries. So NHS, this amount of people come from this country, from Europe, this amount. Okay, so if we're going to ban freedom of movement, we're going to have to either make exceptions for certain types of um, jobs that we definitely need in this country that the British people aren't likely to. Let's do surveys. Let's see how many British people are going to be willing to become HGV drivers, how many are in training. This is like the basics. Like even a... Uh, I feel like even a 16-year-old who was planning a big event would have no, more guys, foresight and more... No, but guys, 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 no, no, guys, stop, stop. I've got something that's just going to make this even better. Listen to this article. <laughs> the government has asked thousands of Germans residing in the UK... This is from The Independent. Thousands of Germans residing in the UK to drive lorries to assist with the HGV shortage, even if they have never driven one before. A letter was sent by the D Department for Transport, signed by Transport Minister Baroness Veer, asking Germans who live in Britain to consider returning to the HGV driving sector. The letter states, your valuable skills have, and experience have never been more needed than they are now. There are fantastic HGV driving opportunities in the logistics industry and conditions of employment have been improving across the sector. As well as attractive pay rates, we are seeing more options for flexible working, blah, 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 blah. German driving licenses issued before 1999 including entitlement to drive a small to medium-sized truck of up to 7.5 tons it is understood that almost all germans residing in the uk who hold such a license have been sent the letter almost none of whom have ever driven an hgv before but check this one one 41 year old german man who received two copies of the letter one to, one to him and his wife told the independent we were quite surprised he said i'm quite sure i'm sure paying conditions for hgv drivers have improved but ultimately i've decided to carry on in my role at an investment bank <laughs> my he said, my wife has never driven anything larger than a Volvo, so she's also intending to decline the exciting opportunity. It is nice to know there are specialist jobs available here for us through after Brexit. Though after Brexit, we would never have been headhunted to drive a lorry if we'd gone back to Germany. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, but, you know what? That, actually, that, and this whole age... <laughs> actually, can't cope. 
that actually sums it up in a nutshell because the issue that we have been facing since Brexit was first put on the table is that English people have an inflated sense of ego. That's actually been the issue all along. All along. But isn't this is making me happy though? I as in I'm watch I feel like Nero um on the on the walls of Rome playing his fiddle as it burns. Because I'm just happy, to be honest. I don't care. As soon as I finish this training course, the world is my my oyster. When I finish my training, the world is my oyster. I don't have to stay in this country. Like, there's always going to be places that need my let job. Burn, so if this burn. country goes let to pot, burn. if this country goes to pot, I honestly will just move. And I just find it funny that England's um, sense of ego has been their downfall because it was, it was, it was, it was, I was just waiting. I was like, how long can they continue off the backs of this entitlement and this, like, their own nonsense, <laughs> just being gassed off their own nonsense? And they seem to have been riding that way for, like, a few hundred years. And I feel like it's now finally come to bite them in the bum. And frankly, I'm happy. I hope this gets even worse. Like, not for the people. The only right. reason I hope it doesn't get worse is because the people who will be most affected by it, unfortunately, will be, be probably be, like, people. poor people and black people. And that's why I hope it doesn't get worse. But outside of that, I really hope this brings this country to its knees because I feel like it needs a good lesson. Like, this whole situation has shown that they're not as important as they thought they were. Um, they thought the Europeans would be begging them to come back, and they're not. So True. where does that leave you now? Like, you're at the point where you're begging investment bankers to drive trucks. But guys, 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 listen to this. So this is the Simon Clark, who's the Chief Secretary to the Treasury, said the difficulties we are facing we are not unique to this country. The idea that this is somehow just a British problem is fundamentally wrong. There's a, there's a shortage of 400,000 HGV drivers across Europe, he said. Um, so just to be aware, the shortage of drivers um, in Britain, I believe, is close to 100,000. So actually... Um, it's, there's a shortage of, yeah, there's a shortage of more than 100,000 qualified drivers in the UK. So if we, <laughs> one country, have 100,000 and a union has 400,000 and there's 27 mem 26 member states, maybe we have more of a problem than everybody else. Anyway. Well, just maybe. And also the point is that the other member states have freedom of movement so they can yes. recruit HG drivers from other exactly, places. So you've decided to. to restrict that. So the only HG drivers we now have is Barry from Kent who doesn't want to be an HGV driver. That's no, the but, problem. No, but, here's, no, but here's the joke. Here's the joke. Like, they actually have just made this, this uh, lorry truck, they've basically made some temporary visas available for three months so basically saying oh could you i know we just like basically said you know screw immigrants get out of our country blah 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 but you come and help us for like you know a few months and then piss off back to our country again then what happens and then we just have another shortage of hgv that's what i'm saying we just need to save christmas the fact that the mm -hmm. fact that they think temporary visas is the solution tells me everything i need to know because you lot actually just have not learned. You have not learned that this country is pants and nobody we're sick of coming here with your false promises and false, uh, yeah, promises of inclusion and acceptance yeah. and everything else. All you lot want is to build back this country on the back of different ethnic slaves from different places because the country is lazy and mad. But guys, That's sorry, hit, hit a snarky end to this, this independent article. So... The, this is Simon Clark speaking again. The idea that this is about Brexit is to try and take us back into what 
really, I'm afraid, quite a negative conversation around opportunities for gone. When if you look at the situation in Germany, Poland and France, they share these problems too. Listen to the end of this article. However, the German government is understood to have not yet written to British people living there, asking them to consider driving an HUV when they've never done so before. <laughs> it's just it's just and okay and just go back to that whole like the photo of boris johnson running in his um yo oh my god in his church in his church shoes and his do you know what he looked like he looked like a man that had been caught cheating that's what he looked like honestly (laughs) like and but the thing is the thing i know me about that picture is that it's he does it for the laughs and the reason he does it for the last is, is to create this image of him as oh, like Boris. Man. Oh, Boris! He's a bit of a jokester. He's a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a lad. He's a bit comical. We can we can relate. One, you know, I left my trainers at um, at, you know, at home one day, and I too had to run in my shoes. Like I just, I don't even want to engage in that whole image. He's not comical. There's nothing funny about him. He's actually very sinister. And we need to stop playing into this whole like laugh at Boris thing because I feel like it's all part of the facade to distract from the fact that he's actually terrible at his job. My grandma told me when I was very young, you cannot trust somebody who doesn't brush your hair. And that those are words I live by to this day. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's but to be fair, that's that's what my dad said about Jeremy Corbyn too, but yeah. <laughs> Loud. Um anyway. Uh, moving on from petrol and such things. Um, something a bit lighter. Um, so there was a conversation going around the other day, um, obviously on Twitter, about uh, kids being able to choose their own food. Um, so obviously it's three people who are obviously experts on parenting. Um, <laughs> we will endeavour to discuss what parents should and shouldn't be doing. Uh, about about food but I, I, I thought it was interesting because it's like um there's this conversation about kids being autonomous beings and I'm like I think what's happened is that there's been an overcorrection to me so I yeah. feel like we've we've which has to have happened I guess has to happen because I think older generations were like kids should be seen and not heard blah, blah blah you do everything your parents says all that kind of stuff and just there's no autonomy whatsoever which led to so much abuse so much rubbish so much nonsense and so there's potentially been an, maybe an overcorrection where it's like kids can choose anything. Like they can choose this, they can choose that. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about kids choosing food? I think for me, I think it's within reason. Like if it's like there's these healthy options and I'm like, oh, I don't like spinach. I'm like, cool, you can have broccoli. Or it's like, oh, I don't want um, pasta. I'll have rice. It's different. But if it's like, I don't want pasta and rice, I want to have Skittles. Brother, I don't yeah. care. I, just, I, just, <laughs> you're, you're I need to about, find the original tweet. You're talking about things with which I have no experience with. Like, I just, I cannot comprehend because when I was on the child side of the conversation, there on was the no side. way, there was no way I could turn around to one and say, I don't like, what did I not like? Is it my life? Because that's all I have to choose. Live, live here's, here's the or thing, open though. my mouth. And be taken out of this world because there's so much choices. But then here's the thing, though. This will, and people would say like, you like kids that shouldn't necessarily be one living in fear or two 
they shouldn't have just been had everything chosen for them and just they have no options to do x y z and just because it happened to you as a kid doesn't mean it's right it just means that's what happened i think i do agree with that and i think i am okay with there being an element of like conversation like explanation yeah conversation and explanation explanation Absolutely. is more where i'm at like so i think growing up there was no discussion if mom said go upstairs if there's a fire upstairs, upstairs let's start up. climbing <laughs> mom said go upstairs that's it <laughs> I'm done. If, if upstairs yeah is like a mass murderer go and meet your makeup because you are going up the stairs so i could understand now for me now like with my younger siblings if i say go upstairs they're like oh i don't want to go upstairs it's a bit too cold for me upstairs i'll be like okay that's valid take a jumper but well, best believe you climbing those stairs like so when it comes to choosing what you can and can't what you do and don't want to eat i think <laughs> the thing is i'm laughing because a part of me is like when you can buy the food you can choose what you want to eat until then you don't have a choice but and that's what Twitter would tell you is problematic. No, no, no. They, no, that's not. That's not true. That's Nezzy. That's not true. They won't tell you that's problematic. They will say this is usually what a power trip, and this is why you shouldn't have kids because you're a terrible person. That's what yeah, they say. Yeah, you shouldn't have kids. That's what they're, saying. They're, they're, they're 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 just say. They're just say. Oh, maybe you should consider something different. Say, people who you, people who want to control children. Yeah, they were. They were like saying people who want to control children. Um, children's what children eat. Um, you guys don't really want to have kids. You just want to like have like to enjoy them you want them for a power trip to control them because you're trying to tell them like what they can and cannot eat which i think um, is just frank and i'm just like <laughs> ridiculous what? does that person actually this is what, I, i'm literally wondering why what one of them did she was like i give my children choice over what they eat but then i was also like ask any of you actually poor because if you like for all the stuff that twitter these you know blue check twitter always talking about poverty and all that stuff have any of you actually been poor? And do you genuinely think that parents who are on a low income have the resources to give the five different children in their family different meal choices? Like, are you stupid? Like, how can a, a single mum who doesn't have a lot of income and has four children um, be like, oh, little Tyreek is going to get broccoli. Uh, little Tiffany's going to get um, a romaine lettuce. Um, Jim likes Brussels sprouts. Um, Timmy only likes um, butternut squash. Like, what? No, no, no. I'm okay, sorry. But, but at I'm the sorry. Same time... I, I actually feel very strongly that it actually has nothing to do with money because I promise you, even when I'm earning four times what I'm earning now, and I'm rich, rich, I'm cooking one dinner for the family. That's <laughs> so one dinner me I cook. And, and, oh, one and dinner that's, me I cook. And one that's what they yeah, so, so, so think... Wait, hold on. So I must go to work. I must come back. And I must cook dinner, what, five times? Even, okay, if, even if it's not me, I must stuff. pay my chef to cook five different meals. Okay, Are no, you but having a bubble? Guys, hold up, hold up. The other side of this is, and this might be controversial, at the end of the day, you weren't forced to have kids, you decided to. So if you decided to, you take on the, the responsibility that comes with it. You don't just get to, to say, oh, well, I'm being a parent. Well, if you, if you were forced to be a parent, fine. But if you weren't, then, you know, no. these are the whether things you have to think about. Not, whether or not my future children are able to choose their meal is not a reflection on how good a parent I am. Because mm. I promise you, the fact that they're eating, 
Yeah. We thank God. <laughs> right. Thank God. We thank God. Eating a nutritious <sighs> meal, giving them sustenance, yeah, is all that matters when it comes to your evaluation on whether or not I'm a parent. That's it. Is it? Are they? Are they fed? And is it nutritionally balanced? That's it. That is it. Anything else? Were they happy with eating it? Some days maybe, some days maybe not. Do you know what? That's kids. The other day, yeah, I think the other day, I was with my, my little sister and she's she's young. She's like, she's five. And I, the plan for the day is we're going to wake up, we're going to have our breakfast, we're going to do our morning reading because it's in the summer holidays, but we've still got to keep that, keep that brain sharp, sharp. We're going to do our morning reading then we're going to get um, washed and dressed. Then we're going to the park for the day. So we've got a really fun day out, but we've got to finish our reading first. We started reading the book and she decided she didn't want to read it. Now, I'm sure somewhere on Blue Tick Twitter, they would, they would say, oh, you've got to let her come to read in her own time. But that wasn't, that wasn't what happened. That isn't what happened. And it's never going to be what happened. We sat there for two hours and we finished that book. There were tears, there were tantrums. And I know right now someone's trying to work out my true identity so that they can call the NSPCC. And do you know what I say to them? I live in Norbury, good luck. <laughs> we were reading that book. And it's not about whether or not she wanted to do it because in life there are things you don't want to do that you have to do. That is life. And it's not that I'm trying to teach her that the hardships of being an adult, da, da, da. but if you, when you're trying to nurture a skill or develop a skill, it's not going to be cute and plain sailing all the time. You can't just come back to it when you want. I think that's, I think the, I'd, um, so like I'm reading the comments. So basically, um, Joy Reid is a commenta- commentator, like a, sorry, not a commentator, she's a journalist in America, basically said, oh, you, you guys are out here negotiating with your kids about what they're going to eat for dinner. And she was saying, um, like, basically, that's ridiculous. And then someone's replied, it's a very weird practice of getting on the internet to tell us you hate your kids, hypothetical or not. We need to release ourselves from the shackles of not seeing children as people. A lot of us were forced at kitchen tables and it sucks, so why continue? And then someone else has said, which I thought was wild, um, this judgment strikes me as unnecessary and borders on ableist. Children have agency and preferences just like adults. Additionally, kids can possibly have sensory issues with foods. And I just want to say that um, from my perspective, as somebody who interacts with kids fairly regularly for work. You know about kids. You no, from my, interaction, <laughs> <laughs> from my interaction, whatever you new parents are doing that you think is better for your kids. <laughs> I said it's not working. It's not working. Like, it, it's not always working. Wait, 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 wait. Nezzy, Nezzy, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't want people to cancel you. Time, yeah? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, whatever you think you're doing, <laughs> some of you are doing things that you think are radical and, you know, amazing, but it's not working all the time. And I, I know that what our parents did wasn't perfect, and some of it was extremely problematic, but some of what you're doing... Is an overcorrection is an overcorrection and it's not working like your kids aren't just free agents um and creative they're just rude and they don't know how to listen to instructions like you think they're creative and whatever but they're just rude 
um, as in my experience as someone who's not related to them. And if you think that in the working world that they're going to survive with the sense of entitlement that you're currently giving them, I, I hate to break it to you. They're really it's not. Entitlement. It's gonna it's gonna backfire because when some when I'm telling you to do something and you're telling me about your autonomy, I'll say, my friend, you are you have your autonomy to find your job elsewhere. You're yes, fired. Actually, <laughs> you don't actually, you honestly you don't you don't have to do what you don't want to do here, but you can do it somewhere else. Yeah. Because so there's think... somebody else who will do what you don't want to do right here. And that's the problem. It's like this idea that children, also this idea that children are just little adults. They're not just little adults. They're children. Like it's like the whole point of being a parent is that you're supposed to be training your children to um, how to engage in a positive way with the world. And part of that training is also that children at certain ages don't have the same sense of boundaries. They don't, ha- they don't even have the same sense of what's good and what's not good for them. So as an adult, you do actually have to say... parenting, you see. Like parenting, you do have to say, no. You do have to say, you can't do that. You do have to say, you don't have the choice because what you're teaching them is also like this thing about deferred gratification. You can't always have what you want right now. Like that's an important part of adulthood. And also the stuff like, people are like, oh, do you negotiate with yourself when you go to lunch? I literally, sometimes I eat stuff I don't want to for the sake of my health. I, I, I literally sometimes eat stuff that I actually don't particularly want to eat that much. Because well, sometimes I know I'm going to lunch because I know I'm going to splash out at dinner. Literally, it's like <laughs> teaching children that you can't always have what you want to eat right now, and that's not a bad lesson for them to learn. I'm not suggesting that kids don't get any say. So when I was younger, my mum used to sometimes be like, at the beginning of the week, she'd be like, "Okay, this is what I'm thinking of cooking. Do you guys have anything that you want to like? You want to eat like particularly? Like, mum used to do that with us and be like, "Oh," and I might be like, oh, "I really want pizza this week, or I really want a veggie lasagna, or I really want." a curry or whatever and she'd be like fine like when we go to Sainsbury's or when we go to Tesco's we'll pick up the ingredients and like we can do that this week and I think that's I think that's a positive way that it's we're correcting it's a healthy balance, balance. like it back exists. in the day she might not have even said like what do you want this week she might have just been like well this is what we're getting and the healthy balance is giving your children some choice but it's also definitely not been like if you sit down at the meal and your child doesn't want anything on the plate being like, well, what else can I get you? It's like, well, I'm really sorry, but we've cooked that and we've paid for that and you're going to have to eat that because you're not allergic to it. And so also, did you buy? You know how fickle like, children are? Like one minute they like oranges, the next minute oranges, Peppa Pig doesn't like oranges, so I don't like oranges. Like, but here's the who thing, can keep though. up? But I can only a... get shopping delivered once a week. I can't <laughs> but, but this is but this is the this is the issue and I think this is what I'm talking about overcorrection like there's there's the one part of this generation has got is getting more right in terms of things like if some if a kid doesn't want to hug somebody don't let them they don't need to hug them let them have their autonomy over who touches them like that like if they mm. think someone's a bit strange no nah, they don't need to like go and hug them like you shouldn't be forced to have someone in your personal space that's good but then something like this is like Discipline is actually very important. And this thing of not being, not ever forced, like, not ever, like, trying to force, I guess, forcing kids to do something they want to do is, is tricky. Not necessarily forcing, but strongly, I don't know. No, 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 no forcing. Forcing is the word. Sometimes I will force you to do something that you yeah, don't forcing, necessarily yeah. want okay. to do. Also that, yeah, forcing kids to do something they want to do is important at, t- at times. But also, I was thinking, even just things like learning an instrument, things like that, is discipline do you know how many people, how many adults regret quitting instruments now? They yeah, regret I regret it so it. much. So I'm like, all these people that you'd saying children are autonomous, da, 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 da. If you keep letting your kid be autonomous, 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 they'll autonomize themselves into nonsense. 
sometimes you need to tell them like you need to do this is something you need to do so i think there's just i think it's just the way you approach the conversation there is a healthy balance i think you give them choice you give them freedom and i think what our parents didn't do which this generation do better is explaining and having the conversation because a lot of the time kids, people are not having the conversation with their kids and they say oh because i said so and da, da, da. but yeah it's reason. acknowledging you, that why wouldn't you explain the reason it doesn't make sense and also acknowledging that, that kids is have the power trip thing to me. yeah but acknowledging that kids have thoughts and feelings. So if a child doesn't want to eat, want to eat a certain food, like we can have a conversation and it depends on like, for example, I hate avocados. Like I, from, from when I was like literally a baby, I spat it out. Like I don't like it. But my mom didn't try to force me to eat avocados because that's literally one vegetable. Like In it's not the end of your world. Vegetables. If your child doesn't like one particular vegetable, you can cook around that. Like if my child is like, I don't like broccoli. And like we tried a couple of times and I'm not going to force them to eat broccoli. Like, yeah it's fine like you can eat loads of other vegetables but if my child is like i don't like green vegetables period we're gonna have a conversation why don't you like them is it the way it's cooked is the way that we can cook it that can make it you know more palatable for you so that you'll eat them but if they're like no i just don't want to eat them oh, i'm really sorry day, you have to eat green vegetables <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to eat it it's not a conversation that we're gonna have about at some point you're gonna have to eat this and i know that you don't like it but it's for the sake of your health and it's important that you eat you eat some kind of vegetable it just is what it is and i just i honestly like and this is why i say i feel like to put it as a small section of the population it doesn't work in real life because i feel like parents who were like the vast majority of parents understand that there is actually no i'm not do you know what i'm not even going to say the vast majority of parents understand so this is where the episode ended because we got into a little bit of heated debate about the vaccine um, and we want to come back and have that conversation properly for you guys. Um, I don't think we, we really expected to get into it, but we did. Um, but yeah, we're going to come back and have that conversation definitely real soon because we think it's a really important topic for us, especially um, as black people. Um, the rates of uptake amongst our community are much lower than um, our white counterparts. So it'd be good to unpick that and pick up some of the misinformation and uh, the conspiracies and just all the general feeling and consensus around vaccines. Um, and really like maybe a conversation about the medical profession, but anyway, we will get into that, um, on the next episode. But yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in again. You can find us at Twitter, Plantation Tales, at Instagram, Tales from Plantation, Facebook, Plant, uh, Tales from Plantation. Um, you can also find us across every amazing podcast network so that's spotify or apple Podcasts, fresh voices for black history month 2021 what what um or stitcher or google Podcasts, wherever you can find good podcasts um you can continue the conversation hashtag tells from the plantation and also um if you want to email us with any tales from the plantation from the workplace or um in the street wherever you've had your tales um, email us, tellsomeplantation at gmail.com if there's something you want us to discuss. Um, DM us, um, hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Um, thank you guys for listening and catch you soon. Stay safe. <laughs>